mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? So, episode 26, this is the Spurgeon episode. It sounds like a foot condition. Spurgeon. Yeah. <laughs> like Grandpa was in the war, and when he was in those trenches, he got Spurgeon. <laughs> it kind of does. This is a Jill. I almost forgot their last name. for I, like, I blanked out for a second. This is a Seawald kid. So, this is Jess's oldest. Okay. I almost told you to brace yourself for it. Um, but I was like, that just gives it away. So I just wanted to say Spurgeon and s- see what you thought. Sounds like a condition. He's named after an like 1800s preacher. Whose Char- name sounded Char- like a foot condition. I think it's Char- Charles Spurgeon, I think. Okay. Yeah. I looked up to see what he looked like. He kind of looks... Um, It's funny, for being from the 1800s, his picture, he kind of looks like a modern guy. Like Those are always weird. Like he has like the bushy beard that's in like trendy right now he's got Which was kind the of style like, at the time but he's got this kind of like the boyish long like side party quaffed thing going interesting but he kind of looks like he'd smoke meats or something like <laughs> he looks like a man of oh today. he'd be the he'd be the barbecue bro yeah he kind of looks like i don't know maybe i'll post that as part of the visuals but i'm like he kind of looks like a regular guy like it was yeah. kind of interesting to me so definitely weird yeah you're like no you're supposed to look fucking old and like <laughs> Old timey and mm-hmm. not like anything we're used to, but yeah. yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this dude?" He doesn't smoking meats, preaching. <laughs> okay, so for this episode, it's called "Bringing Home Baby Duggar." February twenty fourth, two thousand nine. Now this is where TLC does weird shit because we already saw this. We there was the, that whole special that they did between seasons mm-hmm. was the birth of. Jordan Micaiah. Mm-hmm. And so now we've already watched. I just don't even know why they bothered. Mm-hmm. Because then they went backwards for eight episodes. Yeah. Clear they didn't want they didn't want suddenly Michelle going from pregnant to, to yeah. not pregnant. So they feel the need to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand why they did the special then when they could have just done the special now. I don't know. Yeah. It just makes TLC does really weird shit with their shows. I've noticed. Every time I hear that kid's name. Here in Arizona, there's a family-owned Mexican restaurant called Macayos, oh, yeah. and that's what I think of every time you say the name. Jordan Grace Macayos. Macayos. Yep. Get yourself a a chimichanga. Chimmy. Yep. The mini chimmies is better than the the mm. mini chimmies platter is better than the full blown, but Macayos as a whole is trash. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's completely, it's just bulk cookie cutter crap. Yeah. But I, it has a nostalgic place in my heart. I mean, it was better before than it is now, mm. that's for sure. Okay, so since we've seen this already in the beginning, they're just kind of rushing through baby cannon, going into labor. Popping off. Yeah, <laughs> the cannon is popping off. Mm-hmm. Um, just like kind of showing her at home, going to see Dr. Sarver again, mm-hmm. finding out that the baby is transverse, and then the subsequent C-section. Really nothing too exciting, period, but... All stuff we've seen before. Right. 
But just to recap, Jordan is their 18th child who is born on December 18th. Mm -hmm. So she's like, that'll help me remember those dates. (laughs) I'm sure she can't remember anybody's fucking birthday. Oh, my God. (laughs) They probably have a chart somewhere that helps. (laughs) It's It's like somebody's jurisdiction. Yeah, one of the older Jill, girls has to tell uh, them when you're, the birthdays are. You're in charge of watching all the birthdays. So they bring her home and Josiah says, I don't think Jordan really was thinking that she'd come home to a big family and that's where she'd be basically the rest of her life. <sighs> so, yeah, I'm sure that's not what she was thinking. So <laughs> thank you, Josiah. <laughs> um, they show the baby to Grandpa Duggar, who has clearly declined a lot since we've last seen him. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Grandpa can no longer speak, but they say he can hear them. I always wonder when people say that. I'm like, how do they know? I mean, at home, how mm-hmm. do they know? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a doctor did tell them this. So, Michelle is shown giving him a haircut, and um, she talks about how if they're able to care for family, they want to do that as opposed to hospice type thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's kind of the gist. It's not worth giving full details. Then a family brings them dinner since Michelle has just had the baby, which feeding that many people is quite the undertaking. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that is very, very kind of them. I think that bringing people a meal is one of the one of the nicer things you can do. Mm-hmm. And um, a taco bar, nonetheless. Yep. Which all I could think of was what a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> all my years of working in catering. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate when people order taco bars. <laughs> there's just there's too many things you have to prep. I mean, because like, then people go, oh, what's just... the big deal? It's cheese and sour cream. You're not making the cheese and sour, but it's the fact that you're going. I have like sometimes two different meats. I have two two different mm-hmm. kinds of shells. It's lettuce. It's cheese. It's sour cream. It's salsa. Mm-hmm. It's then your rice. Your I'm your beans. It's just always so many fucking things you it's have awful. to package and. Oh God! I, like I'd have like a catering order come in, and I'd be like, "Please no taco bar! Please mm-hmm. no taco!" And I'd be like, "And that's what taco. everybody wants. Everybody wants a fucking taco bar." Yeah. So, I came off this giving like extra props to this family for <laughs> supplying that. So, um, oh, Michelle then talks about how having three little girls in a row, she has a hard time keeping their names straight. Which I Same. wish I could. I was like, I'm like, yeah, very, very much so. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could snark on her for this, but I can't because <laughs> I was calling my sister's dog by my nephew's name this weekend. So it's like <laughs> I can't even snark on it. My mom couldn't get a single one of like my mom would go through all my sisters before she got to me. She'd be like, Bree, Heather, kid. It's very standard. Yeah. So. A lot of people talk about that. One of the more relatable things Michelle's ever said. Part of it, too, is that we speak to our animals like we speak to young children yeah. in our family. So I can see how that name, because you're used to being, to talking in that way, you know. Well, and like Winston, the dog, and then my nephew's Easton. Mm-hmm. And so when I'd be like, Winston, I'd be st- trying to say Winston, let's go outside. And I'd be like, Easton, let's go. I mean, Winston, let's go outside. <laughs> but you'd say the same thing to Easton, so. Mm-hmm. So now Jill is talking about how every time a baby is born, there's kind of like a little media blitz. Mm-hmm. She says sometimes it's harder than other times, and when it's after a week or so after the baby's born, that it's nice because it gives them time to regroup, her words. <laughs> Which as a child, I think is very interesting because I feel like most kids wouldn't be super concerned about regrouping after a <laughs> baby in their family is born. Yeah. But for the, these girls, they need some serious time to regroup because their the workload, workload just, just shot up. up yeah it just shot way up yeah <laughs> like, not only are they having to watch these kids while mom and dad are gone in mm. the hospital 
but they just got like you know a, another buddy moved in the chain you know up the chain or whatever yeah so yeah i can understand why jill might need a little bit of regrouping before she has a bunch of media in her face she's pretty tired yeah no kidding <laughs> I, I feel like most parents would look at it and it's like oh they're having their fifth child and them as parents are going whew another one i you know you love your kids but you're like uh another one i have to take care of and in this aspect the older girls are like uh another one Here i have to take go. care of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah so they've done the today show that's kind of like pretty quick mm-hmm. um i think that was addressed more in the special yeah and then now they're having the people magazine photo shoot and the thing that's comp- that i get mixed up with this is because I've seen this before, I can't remember how much of what was covered before. Like, right. we're a few episodes past now. So, mm-hmm. like, I know we saw part of this shoot, but I can't remember if we went into detail or not. It's very fuzzy. Like, yeah. I, I do remember that the Today Show was a little bit more of a focus last time. But mm-hmm. anyways, so they've got people there for a photo shoot. And they've brought in stylists that had racks of clothes for the family to kind of, like, sift through and try mm-hmm. on. And they're excited because it's new clothes. and Yeah. Um, they're like, like, I think Jim, Bob and Michelle are even like, don't get used to it. <laughs> and, um, during the talking head, they said, did you get to keep the clothes? And Jill was like, we did. This is one of them. <laughs> She's <laughs> yeah. like wearing a shirt. She's like, this is it. <laughs> oh man. She's such a goob. And one of them is asking Michelle <laughs> if she feels comfortable in her outfit. And Michelle says yes, but then asks, you know, says like, what matters is if they think it looks good. Like, that's what matters. And the lady's response cracked me up because she says, quote, you guys all look really nice in blue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but uh, it just it did. It's like she couldn't come up with something better to say. So yeah. she's like, you guys are all really nice and blue. <laughs> like she really struggled there mm-hmm. for nice and blue. Um, so now it's the actual day of the shoot. And there's a really cute little moment with johanna where she walks up to the stylist lady and says you forgot to dress me up yeah <laughs> it was actually pretty cute and the lady's like no you're like you're up next but it was just that like what about me mm-hmm. <laughs> been there sister i know what it's like <laughs> to be the little and be like what the fuck's going on <laughs> and then we get yet another cute kid moment for you this time from our <laughs> dancing king himself jackson mm-hmm so the equipment is being set up for the shoot, and it's it's what I assume to be is for the backdrop, I'm thinking is what it is. Yeah. Um. So there's kind of this, like, tripod leg type bar thing, mm-hmm. and Jackson is kind of looking at it, and then he's, he ends up taking a seat on the legs, because the legs are pretty far out mm-hmm. to, like, keep it stable, like tripod legs. So it's enough for him to be able to mm-hmm. take a little you know seat on so he sits down on it and then one of the workers comes over and he's adding a like a crossbar to it (laughs) and then jackson says nice bars nice bars yeah (laughs) super cute i can tell he was angling too because then right after that because it's like two stanchions and then a bar on the bottom and the bar on the top Uh so he when he went over there he was like sitting on the bottom bar and um, you could tell he was angling because when the guy put the top bar on it and then turned around, 
he was hanging. Was then he put yeah. his arms up and then he was hanging from. You could tell that's what he was getting to where he was like, I want to go play on that. But it's just such nice like bars. a cute little kid thing. <laughs> nice bars. <laughs> so I'm going to now when I'm paying you a compliment, like it'll be something completely unrelated. And I'm just going to mm. tell you nice bars. Oh, <laughs> uh, OK. So Josiah then he ends up playing. See, this is what I can't remember. Did we talk about this already? This prank? I have no fucking clue. But. Josiah ends up playing. Did I say Josh? I meant Josiah plays a prank on mm. the photographer, pretending to drop the baby. Like he's like, "You want to get a picture?" And then, like holding a baby doll, mm-hmm. pretends to drop it. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. It's not that funny, but you know, mm-hmm. fundy funny. It was a good. It was a good joke. Like a good bit. I get it, especially because that photographer seemed high strung. He did. Yeah, he was so... stressed. Like. So that was a thing where you could tell he was freaking out for a second. Like, yeah, he yeah. he was he was feeling the pressure. Yeah. Um, and then in a talking head, Lego says, Josiah was just doing it with good humor, and we do some fun things like that. <laughs> anyway, hope it doesn't make the TV show. <laughs> Awkward man. <laughs> um, and then my next note is I was entertained watching the photographer because you can tell he's like dear god this is so many people mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can see yep. like the stress in him um and at different points i don't know if you noticed him but you can see him like counting yeah like they'd yep. be standing there and he, it was like kind of slight but like you can see he would either be like moving his head a yep. couple times he actually raised his finger but mm-hmm. like you could see him like moving his head. like he was constantly <laughs> counting to see if he had everybody there yeah and um there was like a funny moment where so like he keeps having to have them squish because they're on mm-hmm. this backdrop. They do they barely fit this backdrop. Correct. Like I'm like this is they did not bring something like wide enough. Yep. So they're really having to squish them in, and um, there's this one point where, I, I think it might have been Josiah. It was. But he kind of pops up from the side and he goes, "Oh wow, another one." Another one. <laughs> so yep. then he's having to like rearrange them again because like they just keep coming out from. Yeah, I bet that's and- how people in their town feel too. <laughs> oh God, another! <laughs> oh God, another or one. It's like Great. the visual I did last week, where I didn't talk about it in the episode, but that sign at the airport that says they're multiplying or Correct. like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just like yep. another one. So then, while they're trying to take pictures, Johanna she pretends to be asleep, and they're they're all like. Jana seems fucking irritated. Oh yeah, she's like she's not really asleep. <laughs> like she's like totally like big sister annoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, she it's like I don't blame her. She got dressed up. She got her dress. She was worried they weren't gonna dress her up. They got her dressed up. Now she's fucking over it. <laughs> so she's pretending to be asleep unless they give her skittles. So I, you know what? Like I said earlier, I think we're gonna have to keep our eye on Johanna. <laughs> I think I think we we found a good one. <laughs> she shit on boob on That's true during like an interview she's always trying to run away mm-hmm. and she like is food motivated can i do that at work because i'm sleepy at work a lot have people can... give you skittles to wake yep. you up mm-hmm. <laughs> you, fall, you, you fall asleep on the ground and then they hand you a skittle and you wake up yep so yeah i feel like that was kind of it mm-hmm. do you have anything else um the only thing i had was when they were deciding what they were going to wear there was a point where lego hair was trying to decide which outfit and then he calls michelle over like he actually wants her opinion (laughs) (laughs) and then in typical baby cannon fashion she just kind of looks at both and he's like which one do you think michelle and she's like well i don't know 
they're both good. Like she gave nothing. Because they're not used to decisions. She's like, Mm -hmm. shit, I'm supposed to say something? And it's like the This wasn't in the script. Exactly. And like the two ladies that were there from wardrobe. That told everybody they looked nice and blue. Yes. Gave him two options and they were like, we really like this one. And he wanted the complete opposite. (laughs) course so and then i did notice the one that he was like this this and then he wasn't wearing that exact thing the next day Mm -hmm. either so it's like it really didn't even matter yeah but yeah i couldn't and then at one point oh go ahead no go ahead at one point um they made anna get out of the picture yeah see here's the problem i didn't know i feel like i talked about this in the last episode so that's why i didn't bring this up but i can't fucking remember but go ahead in the last episode yeah in the special because they showed this exact scene in the special so i thought we talked about it so that's why i skipped over it but now either way that was a long time ago second guessing myself um hi mildred our little podcasters joined us (laughs) um yeah so when they took her out of the picture it seemed like she was saltier than she should have been well she was like well number one did you see how josh like blows her a kiss Yes. He he was like, well, they want just like the kids. The kids are, you know, mm-hmm. taking a picture. She'll probably come in later. And then he like blows her a kiss. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> but she Maybe. says like, sometimes they want, you know, just, just the, the kids and not all the uncles, blah, blah, blah. In-laws and outlaws. She says outlaw, in-laws, outlaws. Yeah. And she's like, and that's fine. You know what she, I thought of when she said that? What? Robin Hood. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep specifically the disney robin hood at the end when the king comes back and he's like now i have an outlaw for an in-law anna no well i mean now pa now all of anna's siblings (laughs) have an outlaw for an in-law there There you go go. so rebecca and daniel and you know esther and you know all of them Susanna. now they can really say that full circle yep all right, that's all I got for this. Yeah, simple episode this week. Yeah, like I said, maybe we rehash some shit. Maybe we skipped over stuff because I couldn't remember if we talked about it or not, but really not that important. Usually, I have this little like half um, like legal notepad that I use, and us- I do back and front on my notes, and usually I have about a page and a half to two pages of notes. I barely have half. Yeah. Like, it was a nothing episode. Yeah, ready to move on. <laughs> It literally was great. Another one. That's <laughs> yeah. how that's how this episode yeah. felt. Like, I mean, there's only so many times that you can watch her. Number one, we watched <laughs> this exact birth already, so that makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. But like, how many have we watched? Yeah, four births. It's mm-hmm. like you can only see it so many times. Yeah. Ooh, there was a new intro in this episode because they make the numbers flip. Yep. Yep. So there was a new intro. Um, you know, how, like when shows have been on for a while and then they shorten their intro. Like, they'll, like, cut a chunk of it because you're like, okay, we get it. Yeah. There's certain episodes of Scrubs where they don't even go through the whole song. It'll literally just say, I'm no Superman. And that's it. I'm no Superman. Good theme song. Um, So, yeah. So, they cut this one short. They don't say, uh, we have very conservative values. They don't really do that part where they show them praying by the table. In the new, like, short intro. I think I must have skipped through a bunch of that because so, I didn't notice that being cut out. I just really noticed the, the flip from 17. Yeah. They, like, make the numbers look like they yeah. fall down and, you know. They cut out a lot of stuff right there in the where they were like, we limit how much they watch TV. Like, they cut out all of that stuff. My wonderful husband, Jim Bob. <laughs> Josh, Janet. Anyways. Yep. So I thought it was interesting. New new intro. Time. Well, now we'll have to watch next episode and see if it stays shortened or if that was a yep. one-time deal. 
Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, and we will come back for the deep dive. Reapply some Vicks. We're both struggling. Facts. All right. So usually when we record, Mildred will come in and, like, check on us. But she won't, like, sit down for the most part. She'll come in, check on me, check on Whitney, and then go back down the hallway. And today, I think it's cuddle season. Yeah, definitely. Because she is completely... Completely laying in my legs as we record. I think there might be another angle to this. Okay. I think she's a little salty because she did not assist me on this deep dive. A dog did. Mm. I was staying at my sister's house with Winston, as we talked about earlier. And I think Mildred's a little salty about somebody else, um, a dog, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at that. Yep. Taking over her her job. So I think she's here to hear how bad it goes. (laughs) Um, we're today we're officially one week we're recording on a thursday this is very late number one mm-hmm. um i was staying at my sister's but i was coming home on sunday and i was like because tim we normally record on mondays tim had to work on monday so i was like we'll record on sunday i'll rush home for my sisters we'll record did not happen for various reasons and then now it's thursday so we're recording very late but the reason i bring up that it's thursday is because now we're exactly a week away from thanksgiving so today mm-hmm. mildred got switched out to her thanksgiving caller from her fall caller we take her fall fat or her collar fashions mm-hmm. very seriously around That's here. That's correct. So today she got her turkey drumstick mm-hmm. uh, collar. So she's looking very festive. We'll debut that on the gram. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, ready to dive? I mean, the shitty dive that was assisted with a dog, a poodle. You said it, not me. Okay. Millie says dogs. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> So today's deep dive is about the umbrella of protection. Okay. Which really boils down to the topic of authority when we <laughs> we'll re- when we really get down to it. But you know, protection that just sounds better. So. Sounds like an item from a video game. <laughs> the umbrella of what protection. Did, what did you find in that treasure chest? It was an umbrella of protection. <laughs> it's in your little toolkit thing that you exactly. scroll through. Yeah. Like, hold on, I need to equip it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So while we have touched on portions of this in the past, especially when we talked about like headships and marriage and things like that, today we're actually going to get uh, dive deeper, if you will, into authority, like just kind of from top to bottom, specifically what Bill Gothard calls the, quote, biblical principle of authority. Okay. So this week's sources are just various things. Mm -hmm. Um Basic seminar, advanced seminar, men's manual, a booklet called Protect, lots of different things. Which mm-hmm. actually, sidestepping for a second, made me think, do any of them ever study it in the way that I am? The way where, <laughs> like, because all of these have a little, I'm getting different variations or additional, t- like, information about mm-hmm. a topic. Are they all written by Bill Gothard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was, like, other people were, like writing it for him or like ghost writing it for him and maybe that's why i mean maybe i don't know if there's ghost right but like the seminars i think are meant are in men's manuals and stuff are all written by him okay um but and i don't mean variation and that they're they're not conflicting with each other that's not what i mean i just mean that they're giving bits and pieces and i'm putting it all together which paints this bigger Mm. picture bigger understanding okay and what i mean is like do they do they take a topic like this and go Mm -hmm. authority and then 
study all these things and put it all together. Right. Because I do feel like that kind of changes things. Because when you're just getting these little tiny pieces, sometimes it doesn't sound that bad in a little right. piece. But like when you put it all together, I don't know. It just made me stop and think like, are they, did they take in this information the way I'm taking in this information? <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. So the umbrella of protection is illustrated with a diagram with three umbrellas. <laughs> so it should be umbrellas of protection. <laughs> yeah. So the largest umbrella is Christ. Then under that umbrella, there's the husband. And it says that like kind of like the responsibilities are protect the family and provide for the family. Then the third smallest umbrella that's under both those is the wife. Of course, she's the smallest. <laughs> and with her umbrella being over the children, and then it also says managing the home. Like, those are mm-hmm. her responsibilities. So this illustration has actually become slightly <laughs> mainstream in a way in the last 10 years or so, being recreated slightly, but... Mostly, it's like all the same gist. Okay. And kind of being shared on Facebook and stuff by lots of just conservative Christians in general. Mm -hmm. Because at the base of it, it's very just like God at the top. And then, of course, even a lot of just conservative Christians are like the man is the the head of the home. Whether they run Mm -hmm. it that way or not, that's what they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. So it's become a little more mainstream in that kind of sense. But um, really, IBLP takes the idea to the extreme as they do everything Everything. (laughs) so yeah so the analogy behind this diagram is probably not that hard to figure out but you know i think most people with two brain cells that they can rub together could probably figure out what it means Mm -hmm. but i'm going to explain to you anyway as bill gothard explains it oh i'm ready we'll see if you understood it the umbrellas of protection so what is the purpose of an umbrella to provide protection against harsh elements. Ooh, like rock music and cabbage patch dolls? Yes. A person under an umbrella is sheltered from those harsh conditions. Mm-hmm. But if they step out from underneath the umbrella's protection, they're exposing themselves to all those harsh elements. Fucking deep, right? That music is going to boil them eggs. I mean, if that's not a deep analogy, I don't know what it is. I just, you know, actually, the older I get, I realize... Not that analogies and metaphors never had, like, a fucking chokehold on me. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But I, I just know that, like, a younger version of myself, more like the Facebooky stuff or, like, Pinterest boardy stuff would probably mm-hmm. see something and be like, oh, that's deep. But, like, the older I get, I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> that there's never an analogy that I'll find to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is the one I see all the time? You've probably seen it. It's, like, the... The same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's not. It's not your. It's not what happens. It's not your circumstances. It's what you're made of. Like, and you know that other people are like that's you. And I'm like that's fucking stupid. Like I, but so many of like just religions and things like this or anything kind of culty like MLM like they they they're so into the fucking metaphors Slogans and because and... they're just like man that's deep shit. <laughs> And just, I just am not, not buying it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, each umbrella is a God-given authority, which clearly, because God is one of them, of so course. I would hope, um, offering you protection, supposedly. It is your responsibility to submit to these authorities in order to receive that protection. If you submit to your authorities, you will receive three things. 
The first one will be to grow in wisdom and character. <laughs> awesome. Um, the second, you will gain protection from destructive dem- temptations. Oh, my. <laughs> this is the part where it seems like Bill really tries to drive home this idea of protection mm-hmm. over just plain authority um, by saying, quote, the essence of submission is not getting under the domination of authority, but rather getting under the protection of authority. So it's not a dictatorship. It's protection. If I can keep you willingly here, I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't that sound good. Doesn't protection sound good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you get out from under the protection of these authorities, you expose yourself to temptations which are, quote, too strong to us for us to overcome mm. when you unequip the umbrella of protection <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so this exact verbiage here seemed important to me and just kind of stuck out a little mm-hmm. because he didn't say like you could be exposed to temptation that may be too strong to overcome it goes straight to it will happen you will, and you will be too weak yep so again with their black and white like absolutism because they need to scare you to keep you in line yeah they can't they can't leave any room for doubt or possibility it has to be it's gonna happen correct so the third thing you get is um from submitting to these authorities is clear direction and life decisions which we know quite well um here's your husband has been (laughs) quite clear but i don't know if i'd call it a decision (laughs) but uh they 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 really are just trying hard to sell this as helpful. Mm-hmm. And like you're still even somewhat involved. Yep. So, um, decision sounds better than like commandment, <laughs> I guess. They really should have called this like clear commandments in giant life-changing matters instead yep. of, you know, life's decisions. Clear direction in life's decisions. We were just talking on a complete side note we're getting into the holiday season it's the holiday season and my one of my biggest i guess two of my biggest pet peeves are jewelry commercials because they're always trash and car commercials because every single time it's like i made this giant financial purchase without talking to you but it has a big red ribbon on it so it's good exactly this is like but this is protection yeah yeah, it's we were we were talking about that yesterday. Like, I made this gigantic life choice for you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they d- they just need to put a big red bow on Josh and Ugh. John, and they're like, "Here you go." No, thank you. Okay, so those were the three things you get from submitting to authority. Mm-hmm. Only three. That's not that good. <laughs> What's, that's you know, if you're really trying to sell this, I need more than three things. This ain't a deal. You need candy or something (laughs) here um but they say the umbrella of protection this is quotes the umbrella of protection symbolizes the fact that as long as we are under god-given authority nothing can happen to us that god does not design for his glory or ultimate good keeping that in mind for later that was yeah yeah we'll talk about that so what if you reject disobey you know or you know unequip the umbrella yes what if you unequip the umbrella (laughs) well that of course 
back to the analogy portion, is like stepping out from underneath the umbrella. You're no longer protected. You've now forfeited not only that protection, but also that direction. Um, commandment. <laughs> Which is funny. They're like, you forfeited that. I'm like, I think a lot of people stepping out from under that, that's kind of the point. Yeah. So. Well, why would you want to give this up? (laughs) So they're saying that this is making you more susceptible to Satan's power and control, which again reiterates the earlier point of destructive temptation. Correct. He says that leaving the umbrella of protection is an act of rebellion. But Tim, did you know that rebellion is equivalent to witchcraft? Oh my. So, I've loved Star Wars for most of my life. So you're saying Princess Leia was a witch? Yes. <laughs> yes. Never even thought about it. So many of these. Bill like... is really calling it out. It's you know that's why there's so many fans because they've got their spell. You know. Yep. Exactly. Yep. The a lot of this stuff, as we've dug farther into it, it like the, a lot of their rhetoric of how they try to keep people in line. I feel like is the equivalent of, like, scared straight. Oh, yeah. We got to scare the shit out of you. This is the equivalent of, like, a large drill instructor yelling in your face because you shoplift. You know what I mean? Like, that's how all of this feels. Participating in witchcraft is a devastating, not just a regular sin. It's a devastating sin that puts you in direct line with satanic influences but he references Samuel 15:23 rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft to equate the two um you know witchcraft rebellion same thing of course nothing like a little satanic panic to get the people in line you know yep. also i feel like bill gothard is probably fucking pumped that that scripture said it just like that <laughs> like usually i feel like he has to do a little bit more twisting a little bit more like you right. know, like whatever so he probably took the night off after that one like he was probably like sweet <laughs> like, you know um he opened his schedule right up yep. because sam you know sam the man just took care of it for him put it right out there and he was like <laughs> sweet i'm done for the night So another consequence of stepping out from the umbrella is judgment from God. I mean, but really what else is new? Mm. The looming threat of God's judgment and eternal damnation feels like um, everyday thing to me. I grew up Catholic, so that was my motivation (laughs) for everything. Uh, hit us with something new and exciting. Like that's yeah. not that's not hitting us with something we don't know. Or like yeah, mm, judgy ooh, judge- God, go yeah. figure. <laughs> oh gee, we might be judged by God. <laughs> and then of course, Bill cites the story of Adam and Eve as the OG story of rebellion and authority, mm. with the consequences. Um, of course, they lost the protection of the paradise that is the Garden of Eden. And the point of that is that women ruined it. Exactly. Women, am I right? Um, you're right. <laughs> And it's it's very just kind of like the gist of it is just like, see, look how that turned out, you know, but like, yeah, didn't turn out so bad for me. <laughs> we got potatoes. It's true. We got Mildred. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they have Mildred and French fries in the Garden of Eden? I'm not sure. <laughs> potatoes, 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 potatoes. So we've covered what happens when you yourself rebel against your authority. Okay. 
But what if there's a problem with the umbrella itself? Ooh, this feels apropos. So again, with the deep analogy here of umbrellas, a torn or broken umbrella isn't able to provide the protection it was designed to give. Facts. It's like in the movies when somebody goes outside and their umbrella gets turned. Yeah, like inside out. And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, this is saying that when your authority fails, the people under that authority can end up suffering the consequences with them. Anna and her kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anna. Cough, cough. <laughs> In fact, he says sometimes those under feel the consequences first because the leader, before the, like, the person, the umbrella themselves, mm-hmm. before they even realize it, um, with, quote, attacks from the enemy. Ooh, love a good enemy. Who's the you enemy know? this time? Is it? Well, it's always Satan. Satan and Cabbage Patch Dolls? Satan threw the Cabbage Patch Doll. Mm. Satan, you know, just take your mm-hmm. pick of how he's, you know, coming through. The music. Some examples that he gives of manifestations of these attacks include health problems, overwhelming temptations, unusual unusual cycles of doubt or depression, nightmares or unexplained conflicts. Sure sounds like just normal life. Um, I thought that it sounded like a commercial for medication. <laughs> so what is it? That, let me reread that. It's um, health problems, overwhelming temptations, unusual cycles of doubt or depression, nightmares or unexplained conflicts. If you unequip your umbrella of protection, side effects may include. If you have any of these side effects, please call your authority. <laughs> please re-equip your umbrella. <laughs> so... Um, we won't get too deep into it today, but the fact that they see physical and mental health issues as attacks from Satan is fucking yeesh. Because it's easier than having to actually do something about that. But just like, it's a way to be able to... So like if a person is sick and they're like, why are you letting Satan's power control you? And mm-hmm. it's like, I got bronchitis. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just feel... I don't know. It's just wild. You mean you let Satan into your lungs is what you're saying? But that's like, that's how it feels where it's yeah. because they can conveniently mm-hmm. decide when you're just sick because people get sick or when it's because of some bigger thing of Satan. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a topic we will cover in depth at some point, but it's just fucking wild thinking yeah. to like be like mm, some signs that something might be going wrong is your health. Yeah. Well, there's Satan lots of coming in. Yeah, there's lots of things where, oh, you so-and-so lost their job and we go to the same church. Mm, they must not have been very, like, in tune with God. You know have what you I mean? Have been paying your tithing? Correctly. Yeah. So, Bill says seeing these causes and effects should, I mean, should is a word, should motivate leaders to make wise decisions and live an upright life and points out that even their quote, hidden sins can bring harm to those under their care. Here's looking at you, Josh. Yeah, this one's real. Your hidden sins, you know. Wasn't hidden for long. He's an inside-out umbrella. 100%. (laughs) So that, more or less, in the analogy of this, kind of seems to refer to tears in the umbrella from sin and decisions, you know, that type of thing. But what if the authority above you completely steps out from the umbrella above them? Okay. Don't fear. This means that your authority has forsaken you. 
and um, you're now under God's big umbrella of protection. So you're good, I guess. You always got God. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so being the helpful guy that Bill is, he knows that you might have some questions about all of this. Maybe even mm-hmm. some instances where you might not understand how this applies to you in your own situation. So he's got you covered. Ooh. Question one. How old do I have to be before I'm out from under authority? That <laughs> quick answer, never. <laughs> um, he says that no one ever outgrows the need for authority, which is just an easy answer because you can always claim God as the ultimate authority. So, yes. okay, moving on. Number two is when does the parental chain of responsibility end? So before I read that answer to this one, I need to first explain the stages of leadership that parents have which are chain of command and chain of counsel. Um, chain of command is when you as a child are to obey every command of your parents as long as it does not violate scripture. Okay. Then, I mean, they allow a lot of, a lot of things in the script. Here's the thing. Scripture has a lot of things going on. True. They, they, they condemn like stupid shit. But then they allow a lot of things as they're like, hey, you know, there's abuse and killing and like, what do you, I don't know. Depending on how you want to look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, then when they're confident that, you know, in your obedience, basically, uh, they'll che- and that you will check in with them if you need mm-hmm. direction, they sort of let you graduate in a sense to chain of counsel. Okay. In that stage, um, you're, you're supposed to have a tiny bit more freedom, but don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. Because, of course, they can revoke this at any point that they feel that you violated their trust. So basically nothing changes, <laughs> but it's just under this guise of more freedom mm-hmm. that you don't really have. But they're like, see, you're just on a longer leash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just added a couple feet to the leash. Exactly. That's really all that's happened. <laughs> So they got I've, one of those leashes that retracts. Oh yeah. So that it goes yeah, long. You hit the button. Yep. yep that's you what store they got. poop bags in it. Yep. 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 <laughs> the deluxe. Like yep. yeah. I've never heard the term chain of counsel. I guess it kind of makes sense in context, but yeah. I've never heard that term. Have you yeah, ever I mean, heard that? No. That seems like a very churchy term. Yeah, not one I've ever heard before. My reference I always think of with chain of command is from Firefly. Shout out to all my brown coat friends out there. There's a point where the captain gets kidnapped and they're all the people on the ship are trying to argue about um, who's in command. And then Jane. You're like, the no, no, no. You're on the chain of counsel. Yeah. <laughs> but Jane, one of the characters goes, you know what the chain of command is? It's the chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rut and command around here. <laughs> well, I and mean, that sounds like something Jim Bob would say, right? You know? <laughs> a little violent for jim bob i think (laughs) but i think it's behind closed doors what jim bob is thinking yeah tlc's gone (laughs) for the day please don't tell me jim bob's a firefly fan (laughs) so moving to chain of counsel doesn't happen at any like set particular age it's just something you have to earn Mm -hmm. which i think makes it probably harder to obtain because it's not even like this like rite of passage Correct. It's like, we'll decide, yeah. which I get. from a, As far as being a parent who is allowing their children more freedom, obviously there mm-hmm. needs to be 
every child's different. Like, and you, you know, we would all be like, yeah, this child's kind of matured faster than this one. Mm -hmm. But with them, it's almost unfortunate because I feel like in this case, they're going to abuse it to like, well, you just haven't shown. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So back to the question of when does the parental chain of responsibility end? It ends when they delegate the authority to someone else, a.k.a. when they sell you off to your husband. (laughs) Because let's be real here. This whole thing is referring to women. Oh, yeah. In this case. Because, of course, boys are under their parents as children, but then poof, like one day they become the authority. Correct. They get married there overnight. Mm -hmm. They become it. There's no in-between stage. They're under their parents, Mm -hmm. and then they are it. Yep. So this delegation really only refers to passing off a woman from father to husband. Correct. Okay, moving on to question number three. What if I'm Jana Duggar? (laughs) Admittedly, I took a few liberties with this one. (laughs) The actual question is, what if I'm an adult and still single? (laughs) Mm. So I'm going to read the wording exactly because it cracked me up. Quote, by this time, you should have earned the position of being in a chain of counsel. If you haven't, (laughs) there must be some serious deficiencies in our attitudes or understanding. (laughs) Wow. Damn, that feels harsh. Um, the word, the wording itself is just funny because of how, how easy it would be to consider somebody deficient by their standards. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, your your goal is to have kids. So if you haven't if you haven't gotten married, it means you can't have kids. Obviously, you're not bringing anything to the, the table. Ultimate deficiency. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but really, it just it simply means that as a grown ass adult, if you don't completely subscribe 100 percent to your parents belief system or ideals mm-hmm. or whatever, there's something wrong there's with a deficiency you. in your attitude or understanding. Like, yeah. it's so easy for them to just be like, mm, I saw a deficiency. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Serious deficiency. <laughs> so fucking stupid. OK, number four, if your parents are divorced. Whose authority are you under? That one should be an easy one. Go for it. What do you think? Not the woman. This one's interesting. Huh. This is the most interesting one. Okay. The parent legally responsible for you becomes your direct chain of responsibility, Hmm. while the other parent can be considered part of your chain of counsel. So they can counsel and give direction, but they aren't the law, so to speak. Okay. If they're not the legally responsible parent. Hmm. Which I find sort of, I found it funny because um, it sort of sounds like a woman has more control divorcing and having custody of her kids. Than having kids with the husband. Yes. Hmm. It's like wh- whether she's single or remarried, like she has, just as long as she's divorced, she seems to have more, more power than she ever did. Yeah. So, but then if you look within the like the hierarchy of of like their society you're going to have a lot of other social things to deal with outside of being under your headship. You know, it's like yeah, you're that divorced woman. What's the what's the social R on your chest, R in your shirt that you have to wear now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a lot more scarlet letter energy if you're divorced, even though you kind of have more household control. 
Well, I mean, it's good for her to be divorced in a way. Obviously, we would end up having more freedom. We were, we'd all be for that. But I just really was surprised. Like, I was more than half expecting mm-hmm. it to say that, nope, they still... Right. They're still... Their authority is still their biological father. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, so this was... This is one. This one threw me for a loop. I was yeah. I didn't see ex- that one coming. Yeah, that's why when you started to say, I was like, "What do you think?" Because mm-hmm. you're like, "That's easy," and I'm like, "It's kind of what I thought." Yeah. And then it turns out a little different. So number five, what if my parents don't care what I do? <laughs> well, Bill says this tends to happen with teenagers because they've been too strong-willed and do what they want anyway, so the parents stop fighting with them. I blame the MTV myself. <laughs> Um, it's you know every time you watch like an old like TV show, they're always like kids in the MTV. Like I've been yeah. watching Gilmore Girls, and they're the, they've like had two references of old people blaming MTV. <laughs> so Bill says that you need to turn back to the Lord, clear their conscience, and place themselves back under their authority, and that usually that'll spark a dramatic change in the concerns that the parents have. Oh. Which is a real funny way to say your parents care about you when you obey them, but don't really give a shit otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, that's how I was taking that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they probably don't care because you're not listening to them. But if you (laughs) listen to them again, they'll care. Yep. That's what I'm hearing. Because every parent has those stipulations. I only care about you when you do everything I say. When you're well behaved. Yep. Yep. Number six. What if I'm single and living in an apartment? <laughs> it's very specific. Why is housing the... <laughs> well, that's what. That's why it's, it's, it is so specific because they have such direct rules. We only accept condos or nothing. <laughs> They're like, um, townhouses are preferred. <laughs> yeah. Condos are bust. He says, first, it's important that moving away from the home was led by God and approved by your parents because you can't make your own decisions. Well, of course not. You're not an umbrella. (laughs) I know, right? You're not an umbrella. That's a good one. (laughs) Mildred, she's not an umbrella. (laughs) I'm an umbrella. You you and I are both umbrellas. Poor little Mildred. (laughs) He says that when God designed the family structure that so that each one in the family met the basic needs for the others... I mean, so we've seen, you know, by that, it's raising your parents' children and maintaining Mm -hmm. their household, you know. So, yeah, like, yeah, got that part. (laughs) But he also mentions it specifically putting this structure in place to meet each other's social needs. Hmm. So he says that moving away from the family home is exposing yourself to temptation, especially when trying to fulfill your social needs. (laughs) <laughs> which speaks so much to their isolation. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of why they homeschool, not only to, you know, control what they're learning, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's also to only associate with their own family mm-hmm. or only families in even a limited capacity mm-hmm. that are completely subscribing to the exact same things as you. It's a big, scary world out there. It is. Yep. It's like they can't chance... You meeting other people. It's just too risky. Yeah. So your siblings are your friends for the most part. And anybody else is very carefully selected. Mm-hmm. So it was just this is the first time. 
and I'm sure I'll come across it in other topics of deep dives, but this is the first time that I've actually seen them really addressed that like socialize <laughs> with your family and that's it. Like really mm-hmm. point out like your family is your social circle. Correct. <laughs> and it's like your family can be part of your social circle, but they shouldn't mm-hmm. be your only social outlet. Yeah. I think the, like obviously we're relating a lot of this to Josh. Um, and the thing I keep thinking is this is very scare tactic in the way of as long as you do these things, everything will be fine. Yeah. And I think in their in their heads, like zeitgeist, like looking at the general consensus of that, I guess the kids in that family assume that they've done everything right. This document is telling them that if you do everything right, nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah. So I would love to dig into how the kids feel because Josh did this awful thing and he got in trouble for it. And it's like, but we stayed home. Do they assume that he was getting corrupted by worldly things or, you know? No, Satan got a hold of him. Yeah. Then it's convenient. It wasn't that they now, it's not their fault. They didn't associate with the bad things. Because then there's always the, the way to twist it. There's you were doing the wrong things that allowed Satan in, or Mm -hmm. they have this other like side where it's like God, Satan really attacks the strong ones. Like the most faithful. It's not your fault or our fault. So it's like either way, they find a way to say that it's fucking Satan's fault. Whether you've just been so good at things, he's really coming for you Mm. or you've been doing something you're not. So I mean, so you become a martyr or you become the the perpetrator, but everybody else it's bad decisions. Correct. Like it's just so fucking twisted. I don't know. I I always think of there's a, I'm referencing a lot of things. Um, I always think of Captain Picard from Star Trek because there's a point where he's like, you can do everything right in a situation and still fail. Like that's not that's being that's life. That's just normal. That's how this feels like. They could have done everything correct in that. And Josh and this thing and Josh did this thing. It doesn't mean it's Satan. It means Josh made horrible decisions. Exactly, like, it's Josh here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just so we, uh, we're still talking about the, if you're moving out of your apartment thing Mm -hmm. or into an apartment, he said, but so after it's like, you know, make sure that this was all done and, you know, make sure you're remembering the purpose of the family structure type, blah, blah, blah. But if this move was approved by your parents, he says to make sure you keep open lines of communication to continue to receive counsel from them. Oh, okay. So still a leash, but... (laughs) A really long leash yeah. because you're living in hopefully a condo and not an apartment. Or if you're Jason Duggar, it's in a treehouse on the same property. <laughs> they can use the, the, the can phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of cans. They're a big fan of cans. Yeah. So they or, have plenty of cream ofs that they mm-hmm. can make a little telephone. Like walkie talkies. Yep. Number seven. What if you're a widow or divorced? Well, your direct authority is God, but you should have many, quote, Godly counselors, such as parents or parents-in-law. So, again, God's your boy. But, you know, having some things on around you is what they suggest. Mm -hmm. Okay, this next part, gross. If you're divorced and your former husband hasn't yet remarried, try to reunite. (laughs) This will get you back under his umbrella of protection and, quote, allow God to work through the marriage to achieve Christ's character. 
Because you can't possibly function on your own. No, no, no. Not, that's not even an option. And never mind the reason you fucking divorced in the first place. Like, this mm-hmm. is so stupid. So yep. it's like you're going to get divorced, but then hope he doesn't get remarried and then beg him to take you back so you can get his protection? Weird. Like, it's just such a, like, is this the assumption that he dumped you? <laughs> and like you know or, well you like, would assume that the woman is yeah, the problem i feel like so. that's the only thing that could, that they, they have to be referring to because to say if he hasn't yet remarried if she left him she i don't think she'd be going it's just so i don't know it feels like it means if he left you yeah okay number eight what if you married the wrong person anna yes sir um <laughs> So I'm going to quote this entire thing. Your marriage may not have been one that God would have arranged. However, since he established the authority of the marriage relationship, he will use whatever marriage you enter into to perfect his character in you. When your ways please the Lord, he will even make your enemies at peace with you. And this will happen to an even greater degree with your life partner. Translation. Um, your husband and marriage might be fucking trash, but it will help you build character. Exactly. <laughs> They're always going to use that as like a, your life could be fucking awful, but it builds character. <laughs> and um, if you're good, maybe things will start to go your way. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe things will go all right. Be maybe. a good little girl. Maybe things will, maybe he'll treat you okay. Right. Maybe I'll help you out a little, but you got to be good all part of my authority and plan (laughs) okay last question number nine what if i don't respect the authority over me i wish every duggar child felt this way (laughs) he says it's important to separate the differences between the authority they have due to their position so being a man and their personality gotta gotta make sure you Hmm. those are two different things you have to reverence their position, but be aware of personality deficiencies. Josh Duggar. <laughs> so it's like, you you might not like them, but tough shit. They're your authority. This reminds me of, do you respect somebody's title or do you respect them as a person? Yeah. And I feel like in a, in a business aspect and even in my job where I'm in like a corporate hotel environment, it's different than working in like a like a family-owned restaurant. Yeah. So there's this weird mashup of like the business world and and the food world. Where the food world is much more earned respect type it's, of thing. I, I always quote Bourdain. Bourdain says that the kitchen is the last great meritocracy because you can't fake whether you can do that job or not. So mm-hmm. you can't fake it till you make it. If you're a leader of any sort and you come in and you can't do the job your crew will disrespect you instantly yeah, because you can't do the job. But in those environments, and I've dealt with a couple of those in my past work experience, it's a lot of those chefs have been like, well, they need to respect me because I'm the chef. It's like, no, they don't. They don't respect you because you're a trash human being, you know? Yeah. Try both. Try, (laughs) you know, let's try it. Let's try it both. Let's like, Let's have people not treat you like garbage, but you also need to be not garbage too. Like, you know, it's like goes Mm -hmm. both ways. So I'm going to leave this section with another good quote. 
It says, to say that we reject an authority because we don't respect him would be as much an error as tearing up a speeding ticket because we didn't like the attitude of the arresting officer. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, so far, we have really been focusing on this more simple umbrella protection or, you know, (laughs) authority Mm -hmm. that really applies mostly to, like, the the familial, like, Mm -hmm. structure. But I wanted to shift briefly to some other authorities that Bill does acknowledge. So he says that there's four basic authority structures. The first one being family, which, of course, we covered. Mm-hmm. The second being government. Third being church. And the fourth being your employer. Um, I'm not really going to fully get into any of these, really. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to to mention them, at least. And he says that with government, they are told to honor and obey kings using a more old school and like biblical term. But they're also told to submit to structures of government and to honor and pray for them, which I don't buy for a fucking second. You cannot convince me that a Duggar is like honoring a Democrat right now. Not (laughs) happening. So that's a whole other topic. But they're being told to submit to structures of government Mm -hmm. but i don't buy that for a fucking second Mm -hmm. i just don't but also on the topic of government i wanted to refer back to the horrific adoption story where they returned their kid if you remember that Mm -hmm. most people are trying to get their receipt yeah you know they just got in the customer service line yeah yeah we can only give you store credit sorry and they're like oh but we wanted a biological kid we didn't want (laughs) there's no way you can put it back on the card (laughs) Um, I'm not even going to, so like referring to that, do you remember how they said that looking back, because they didn't realize, you know, all the signs before, Mm. do you remember how they specifically mentioned having a hard time getting his visa? Mm -hmm. So they went to their senator and how they were like, oh, we should have seen that as a sign from our authorities. So this is one of those few times that they talk about like government i'm like oh so in that time look but it's always convenient now you could say i should have listened to my government authorities and other times they're like no god is telling me i need this child (laughs) they're not understanding you know like Mm -hmm. it's so stupid it's just a way to gymnastics it's just a way to justify in the moment hindsight Mm -hmm. reverse things it's just ugh. but that was one of the few times i feel like we've talked and they've kind of had a reference of government so i just wanted to throw that in there Mm mm-hmm not even going to bother talking about church because it's pretty obvious about the authority, you know, to them with that one. Um, and if for employer, they don't really say much beyond being a gr- good, like, servant, like having a servant's heart, be a good servant type shit. It's random that there's, like, be, res- like, the fact that they put an employer in there is funny to me just because it's so, like, it's kind of like they sh- they threw that in just randomly at the end they were like nope you got to be uh you got to be amicable to, to the church and to your headship and god and uh and uh, uh the manager shit. at we- ace hardware yeah shit yeah. we need something else um <laughs> what's your manager's what's your shift lead's name jonathan jonathan at the ace hardware on the corner yeah, yeah. and the whole page about the employer it was just a story that like obviously i can't even remember it it wasn't anything worth remembering or even talking about it was something about like a teenage kid like i don't know mm-hmm. working and they're just it was like the lesson of like being a good employee and that was it that was all they said so 
it was kind of pointless. I was like, it's filling pages, yeah. you know, whatever. Okay, so I think I'm ready to wind down, but I do have some stuff okay. to address. Okay. So, um, as I was, like, researching and writing all this crap, I, I just, I first want to refer back to the line, quote, the umbrella of protection symbolizes the fact that as long as we are under God-given authority, nothing can happen to us that God does not design for his glory and our ultimate good. So remember earlier, I was like, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. So what they're saying is, as long as you submit to authority, everything is part of God's plan. Okay. Is that how you take it? Yeah. Whether for his glory or good. But to me, that's like, it's all part of my plan. Yeah. So to me, that would also mean bad stuff, right? You would assume. Because that's part of your... Like, I haven't heard this... Um, this term so much in studying iblp but mormons are way big into talking about trials and tribulations okay so to me this kind of equated in mormon speak is like well trials and tribulations are part of the test because mormons are it's very much as we're here on earth as a test yeah so um anyway so i take this to mean this also includes bad things Mm -hmm. which again plays into their whole building character thing but whatever um, but again, as we talked about previously, it all seems super convenient on their end. Mm-hmm. Have an answer for everything. Either bad things happen in your life and they can somehow find something to blame that they can count as you going against authority. Which it certainly would be hard for them to come up with anything. You know, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, I'm like, how hard would it be for them to be like, Oh, well, you know, that was rebellion. (laughs) The same way when it was like the wife making an appeal to her husband. Mm -hmm. He could be like, well, you're not in good standing or this is not the right time. There's just always. There's a line that that ends the argument. Yeah. There's so many Mm -hmm. ways for them to put the kibosh on it or whatever. Yeah. So it's like you either have to believe that you did something against authority to cause these things. Or that's just how it is, and it's part of God's plan. Right. It's just you have these two, these two options here, mm-hmm. which I can only imagine the mind fuckery that this would do on someone who's a, like a true believer of all of this, and you know when something happens to them, like right, because it's like once again I did everything right. So let's go back to examples, um, for example's sake, to how they said that health can be affected. By Satan's power. A true believer of this, like, say they get a disease. They either have to accept it as God giving them this disease. Or the alternative is you, you did something wrong. Correct. So I can only imagine this poor person racking their brain, trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what the hell they did wrong. Mm -hmm. And like assigning, like sitting there. And assigning the tiniest, most minuscule thing they could probably think of as being like the culprit. Like what they did wrong. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're sitting there trying to think, okay, God either did this to me or I did something wrong. Again, you're going to be like, you're going to be hard on yourself. And you're like, Mm -hmm. that time I did this and that's what it, you know, and it could be something so fucking small. Yeah. Which is to me, it's just super sad to think about. Mm -hmm. Like either God gave this to me for my Mm -hmm. ultimate good. Mm hmm awesome or i fucked up and i'm not even aware of it 
or I'm telling myself I'm this bad person when I'm not even a bad person. Right. Well, you talk a lot about when you were a kid and you felt like you had to make a decision of whether you were going to be a good kid or a bad kid. Yeah. And how much like guilt and pressure that that pushed on you. Oh, yeah. What was the thing about the lady that passed away <clears throat> and she was told? So Mormons have these things called patriarchal blessings. Now, my mom got very mad at me <laughs> when I said that it's the Mormon, Mormon version, the church approved version of going to a medium. She got very mad. She's like, that's not what it is. So, of course, everybody would, if, if a Mormon heard this right now, they, they're they just as mad as my mom. Mm -hmm. But because they're saying it's not that. It's not, it's not them looking into the future in a crystal ball. You go to a guy. He does this blessing. It's long. I went to one of my sisters. I fell asleep. Literally, I was asleep on my mom's. I put my head on her lap and I went to fucking sleep. And... It lays out, they tell you your lineage of like what tribe you came from, mm -hmm. which is funny because then like, <laughs> I'll talk about comparisons later. <laughs> and then it's supposed to give you like guidance and stuff for the future. So they'll tell you it's not a, it's not a, it's not predicting your future. And they'll also tell you like, it's for all lives because they believe in, you know, like the afterlife. So like, mm -hmm. it's a, it may be talking about something that you're not even going to do in this life. It's, it's the next life or the next life, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or they say, don't look into it. Like, if it doesn't mention getting married and having kids, that doesn't mean you're not going to get married and have kids. But anyways, it's supposed mm -hmm. to be this sort of, like, direction and kind of, like, you know, godly word, mm -hmm. or, like, um, roadmap for your life and blah, 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 blah. It's made up. It's completely made up bullshit, of course. They tell you not to share it with other people. <laughs> Of course not. Mm -hmm. um, they say you can share it with your parents and immediate family, but they, of course, discourage sharing it with outside. Because what do you fucking know when people have compared it that went to the same people? Because, like, Mormons, the way the church is set up, certain areas would go to this one person, right? Mm -hmm. When people have compared it, they're, like, identical. Because <laughs> yeah. go figure, it's all fucking made up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's so... Anyways. Okay, so that... All that was just so you kind of understand what a patriarchal blessing is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of old people, my grandpa included, were all told that they'd be here for the second coming. But I remember hearing this one particular story that made me so sad because this old woman talked about it all the time with her grandchildren and everything, like constantly referencing how her patriarchal blessing said if she was righteous, she would live to see the second coming. I'm going to fucking cry. Yep. Ugh. So then this old woman was sick and dying and on her deathbed trying to figure out what she did wrong. Mm -hmm. As soon as I asked the question, I knew we were going to break our non-crying yep. streak. Ugh. But I'm like, that's so fucking sad to me. So the person that was telling the story about their grandmother, like they're an Exmo as we're, you know, our name mm -hmm. now, they're an Exmo, but they're like, my heart just broke because it's like she was such a true she was such a good, righteous person, yeah, like, but she, she such, died. She's thinking such a that... true believer in all of that. She was they're like she was the sweetest, most. Like, you, mm -hmm. She never did anything wrong, and that woman fucking died, thinking she did something massively wrong. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's like it's emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, just taking it back to what started all of this, to be like either God gave this to me or I've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. The the way that that fucks with your mind mm -hmm. and makes you feel so less than and like such a piece of shit is fucking awful. Mm -hmm. Ugh. 
So there we go. Last week I didn't cry. Now I did. <laughs> uh, but that's just, it's sick. Yeah. It's fucking sad. That poor old woman just like, mm. oh God, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And, I, and that's why I relate it to like what you were saying as a kid. Like everything as a form of control is a way to essentially guilt you into doing what they want you to do. Yeah. Or guilt you into feel, like feeling a certain way or marking your opinion about somebody because we're going to guilt you into doing it. Whether it's fear of the afterlife or a lack of afterlife yep. or fear of, you know, social kind of... Um, Oh man, I lost the word. But like taking stigma on yeah. from society or your parents or your siblings or, you know, there's just so many ways that they're like, we are going to try to get you to do what we want you to mm-hmm. do. We'll conform. We'll get you to conform because they have so many different ways to go about it. Yeah. It's like, which side of this will tug at you the most? Which, mm-hmm. which is, you know, so it's like, as long as they find one thing that will scare the shit out of you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It could be different from each people. But if they have. 50 things that'll scare the shit out of you and you've got mm-hmm. two you're still covered because oh, they're yeah. still going to conform to some degree at, you know at the end of the day you're trying to modify behavior yep and that's a really if you can cover all your bases you'll yep. get somebody to be dutiful you know mm-hmm. so yeah so that, my first general thought was just this idea of either you know god god planned this or you fucked up mm-hmm. so that was my first thought my second one which I had early on in my research was <laughs> the irony of how the biggest umbrella in this di- diagram, you know, God covers all the other umbrellas. So what the fuck do the other umbrellas matter? <laughs> but seriously, mm-hmm. can you envision this? Like, yeah. If, yeah, I was like, why, why? So I, I very early on, I had that thought. And then that thought was entirely backed up way later in my research when they dress if your authority comes out from under the umbrella and they say that you're still covered because you have god so it's like so what is the point <laughs> what the, no seriously though like yeah. what the fuck is the point why are we going through all of this at the end of it all you're gonna say oh well you're covered yeah that's why i feel like it's more societal it's- than like faith-based well it's you know what i mean it's just another like you were just saying it's Mm -hmm. the point of it is control yeah they can't trust you to lead yourself you need a man Mm. you need his protection and but you don't really need a man (laughs) but you need it so badly in fact that they're instructing you to like beg him to fucking take you back Mm -hmm. in you know after your divorce because you just need it so bad right but if he completely leaves, you're good because God is the ultimate authority. But isn't God always the ultimate authority? Right. It's just a fucking circle of fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like every time I ask a question, you get the same answer. So it's just like, so why is there a, a middleman to mm-hmm. God when it comes to women is what I cannot wrap my head around. Correct. And again... You ask a question and it circles back to control. Mm-hmm. It's like every time I ask a question, the answer is control. Hey, when they were in the, uh, when they were at that diamond field, didn't they say that people that think these rocks are this old are using circular reasoning? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and in that episode, you were like, no, 
I, th- I think a lot of the way that they describe it is very circular reasoning. So, yeah. well, it's know. like I have, yeah, it's just because that's what it all boils down to. But like, shouldn't you have your own, like, a woman's own relationship with God should be enough. Mm-hmm. Why do women have to have this middleman with God? Mm-hmm. Because then there'd be a bunch until of lonely IBLP up. men. But it's like until he, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like until he fucks up. Mm-hmm. But so you need it. Oh, but now he fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't need it anymore. Yeah. It's just it's. Do they do they ever break this down? No. In a, no, they know that's that easy. It. <laughs> but it's like when you do break it down like that, it's like what what think about it. Mm-hmm. So at the, but at that rate, then I started asking myself, why the fuck do women even pray? Mm-hmm. They tell all these stories of women praying to God for answers and comfort. And even talking about Esther and John, it was like, you know, John talked about Zambia and then Esther says she prayed and she got the same answer. Well, why does it fucking matter what God told them Mm -hmm. if the man's going to make the decision because God's talking to him, supposedly? It's just this way to provide like false comfort in the idea that it's not just the father or husband pulling the strings. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no, there's God involved, too. Right. But why does she even bother having a relationship with God <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't matter in the end? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like churches should be teaching your own individual relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But women have a fucking middleman. Right. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> anything else on that before I have my final thought? No. My final thought. A divorced woman has the most power of any woman in this cult. That's correct. Not a single woman. Mm-hmm. Because she still submits to her father. Mm-hmm. Not a married woman because she <laughs> submits to her piece of trash fucking husband. Mm-hmm. But a divorced woman is under God. Right. So just, just the irony at all that that's what gives you the most power while still being able to be in this cult if you want, cult if you want to. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think though they'd be able to get divorced for irreconcilable differences no, no. or the only way that they can get divorced is very, very harsh. It's very severe. Not even abuse. It's Correct. not you know, it's Oh yeah. They don't care about that. No, no, no. We're talking about other things. So Yeah. So it's like all of this saying that the divorce woman has the most power is fucking useless because it doesn't even get to that point. But it was still just something that was just an interesting thing for me to mm-hmm to even put together yep because not only that but if she has custody of her children she for the first time has more control too so mm-hmm. she 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 actually has full control instead of just like managing them like it says under her little <laughs> umbrella so it, it just kind of blew my mind just the whole idea that the legal parent thing mm-hmm. has the control of the children yeah and then a divorced woman having this more direct line to god so it's like oh to actually be more direct to god you just get divorced you have to get divorced yep it's just i don't know i was very surprised by some of this stuff today so that ladies and gents is the umbrella of protection aka patriarchal authority <laughs> but it's biblical that's true the biblical authority principles all right you are now able to uh unequip your umbrella Okay. Mm-hmm. Unequipped. <laughs>
we just bought umbrellas like a year ago. I haven't owned an umbrella in a year. I mean, Phoenix, you don't really need umbrellas. True. Bought two very nice ones for our trip to San Francisco for our 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Never opened them once. Yep. But we have two very nice umbrellas now. That's true. I I actually worked um, for a couple months in the summer in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which was... We're one of the most Jackson. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been. So I definitely, definitely shout out to Wyoming because I loved that state. Um, but I was there and it was raining super hard. And as I was in the place I was staying, I'm like, I don't even own an umbrella. So I had to walk across this the town. It's not a city. It's a town, and I walked across the town in the rain and went to a TJ Maxx. Oh! And I bought myself an umbrella. What did it have on it? It you was just bring a it home. It was just a black umbrella, and it had a wood handle that had a duck head on it. Oh, fancy! Not, yeah, I felt super, that feels a uh, classic. I walked out of that TJ Maxx feeling like the most adult person did that you have ever a monocle existed. And a top hat like Mr. Peanut. It should have come with it. Really, <laughs> I feel like it should because it was a duck handled umbrella. <laughs> You know that seventeen dollars that I spent. Classy. At, <laughs> that I spent at TJ Maxx. You didn't bring it home. I didn't because it was raining a lot, and then my sous chef at the time was going to. He oh, flew so into town, him. and then he we like tagged out. I came home, and then he worked two months um, at the place that we were at. So shout out the Jackson Hole Playhouse and Jackson Hole. So Animal. Justin has the ducking. Uh, he umbrella. probably left it there, tell you the truth, because I had it hanging in the in like the RV that we stayed in. Oh, okay. So, but anywho, umbrellas they make you feel like a make you feel like a put together man. Well, these men love umbrellas. These IBLP men, because right. you know. On a random side note, we were talking about canisters, like flour, sugar, coffee canisters in a kitchen, and um, we had an all employee meeting at my work. And one of my employees, who's in his 20s, won a towel, like a bathroom towel set and a set of really nice kind of like classic white and silver canisters. And he was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like he was legitimately excited to get this stuff for his apartment, which I'm here for. And I'm like, canisters are one of those things where you probably buy them and you're like, I'm so mature right now. Yeah. Like, like, I'm so put together. I have canisters, canisters in my kitchen. Canisters, umbrellas. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. Um, made it through. We had to stop several times for me to cough. It has been passed to me. I've it been was... sick. I've been sick for, like, two weeks straight. Well, and he was only better for, like, a week and a half between the last time you were sick. Yeah. Well, that's... I worked 44 hours in three days insanity so when you don't get enough sleep and you're Go on figure. your feet all day no sleep terrible nutrition because you're not eating he just doesn't eat he's too busy mm-hmm. to eat and then when i do i scarf things that i probably should make better choices with because i'm starving so yeah, go figure. Lack of sleep and bad nutrition and you know terrible home work life balance gets you sick. Yeah, weird. And, um, it's now come my way. Not nearly as bad, but we had to stop several times for for me to cough, mm-hmm. and I was fighting through at the end, talking with the throat tickle. So if it <laughs> sounded rough there at the end of the deep dive, I was fighting a tickle bad. <laughs> um. Anyways, so yeah, so this this episode's coming at you late. We're gonna try to get out get it up soon, but. Yep. As always, follow us on the IG. That's the Instagrams. Digging up the Duggars pod. 
Mm-hmm. Send us an email at diggingupthedougars at gmail. Been getting, we got a lot this week, so that's fine. That's good. We yeah. love correspondence. So you can fun. buy us a pickle. We are at buymeacoffee.com slash diggingupthedug. Digging up the dug. All right. That sums up this week. Well, hopefully, we'll have a little more interesting of an episode to recap next week. This week sucked. But it was umbrella-filled deep dive, so yes, we're so. so we're covered. Oh, that's, that's a good an umbrella one. Pun. That's pretty good. That's Have a good week.